Well, we've had some good music, haven't we? Indeed. Uh, And we've sung some great truth, and we've enjoyed some beautiful sounds. And I have a role now, and that is to make sure that nobody leaves here without understanding what all of this is really all about. So I'll do my best to make uh, make that clear. You know, Christianity makes a really, really fantastic claim regarding who that baby was that was born in that manger. Those that really understand the significance of this realize that if he really was who he claimed to be and who the Bible claims that he was and those that knew him claimed that he was, then it really is, it's the ultimate question, it's, it's, the, it's the ultimate uh, reality. In fact, uh, Larry King some years ago was asked once, if you could interview anybody in history, who would it be and what would you ask him? And he said, that's easy. I would interview Jesus Christ. And I would ask him, were you born of a virgin? Because the answer to that defines the ages. And indeed it does. We look into the manger and we see this amazing child. God and man. God and baby. Last night I was driving here for our service uh, last night and... and, uh, our six-month-old daughter was in, in the back seat, and she's going, ar, 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 like that. And I just thought to myself, Jesus at one time was like on the back of a donkey going, ar, 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 ar. and was God Almighty. I mean, that is just, that's the marvel of it. And uh, the answer that the Bible gives to how this could possibly be, the angel said to Mary, with God, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. So what does it all mean? And I'd like to, I'd like to uh, read a little portion of Matthew's account of Jesus' birth. And in this portion, the angel Gabriel is telling Joseph uh, about Mary, his fiancée. And he writes this, She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, Matthew here is writing uh, as an insider. Matthew was one of Jesus' 12 disciples. This was a man that uh, lived with Jesus, walked with Jesus, slept around the campfire with Jesus, and... uh, was convinced that he was the son of God. Now for us, typically the more we get to know somebody, the less convinced we are that they're divine, right? But in Matthew's case and the other disciples, the more they got to know Jesus and they saw his miracles and heard his teaching and all the rest, the more convinced they were that this actually was the Messiah, the son of God. And all of them, minus John, gave their life for that claim. So we know they were serious about it. Emmanuel, Matthew writes, he was Emmanuel and he gives the definition of Emmanuel. It's actually a Hebrew word. It means God with us. Now, why do you suppose that Matthew would focus in on that Jesus was Emmanuel, God with us? 
It's because Matthew realized that in the big story, in the big picture, this is the thing that matters. Was he God or not? And he is writing his entire gospel to convince us that he actually was God. In fact, you can tell the whole story of humanity in terms of that relationship. Our relationship is humanity with God and God's relationship with us. And that's what I'd like to do is I'd like to tell you that story from that perspective. The story begins uh, with relationship. God is with us and we are with God. We go back in the story to creation. And when, when God made us, he made us for himself. He made us in such a way that our only ultimate satisfaction and joy could be derived from a relationship with him. We are wired for worship. That's why you can go anywhere in the world and everybody's worshiping something. Humanity, we are, we're worship machines. We're made to worship. And God made us to worship Him and to derive meaning and significance from our relationship with Him. And when God made Adam and Eve, when God made us in that, everything was great. There was fullness. There was gladness. We had joy in God. God had joy in us. There was no brokenness. There was no pain. There, none of the things that we hate in this world were even a part of the, of the picture. <coughs> Coughing wasn't part of the picture. There was no sickness. Uh, there was fullness. And there is within our hearts a latent memory of when everything was as it ought to be. We know that because it's so easy for us to look around and to, in our hearts, realize everything's not the way it's supposed to be. There once was a time when it was. And that's the beginning of the story. But the story goes on from there to really the, a very, very sad chapter because Adam and Eve, our forefathers, sinned against God. And in that rebellion against God, now that uh, God is with us and we are with God, that relationship was broken. The Bible talks about our alienation from God, God's alienation from us. He is a holy God. Our sin and our rebellion against him meant that he could not have relationship with us. Adam and Eve said, you know what? We think we're going to try to do this our own way. We're going to try to derive meaning and significance apart from you, God. This is like the earth saying to the sun, we're, I'm okay. We're going to kind of spin off in this other orbit. We don't, we're not so sure we need you. And of course we know that the earth needs the sun and we desperately need God. <coughs> we look at the world around us and we see the effects of this, don't we? Is it very hard really to look into the newspaper to look into our communities, to look into our neighborhoods, and to realize this ain't the way it's supposed to be. And to feel in our own relationships, and here at Christmas time, so much of so many of us feel those relationships and the brokenness and the loss. And we realize that this world is not a super, super great, awesome place, and man, it's so fantastic. Rather, it is a place of great sorrow and great pain. It has many joys and blessings, but there is something that is fundamentally 
wrong. And what is wrong is we have an entire humanity trying to find meaning in life apart from the one relationship we were made and wired to derive meaning from. Now that doesn't mean that we don't try, right? Humanity tries still to have some sense of significance. And so we try to fill that void in our hearts with all kinds of things. And the list is an easy one to, uh, to, to accumulate. Uh, we, we try to fill that void with love. We try to fill, uh, fill that void with money. We try to fill, uh, fill that void with, uh, with sexual pleasure. We try to fill that void with a temporary uh, experience through drugs or alcohol or something else. We try to fill that void by uh, success and power and relationships. And if that doesn't work, then we look to people to be the source of our happiness. And we think, if only there was the right person in charge, if we had the right politician in charge. And so every election cycle, we vote in somebody new that we think is going to be the person who brings in this utopic, wonderful experience. And every single election cycle, what do we discover? No, they can't do it. There is no politician, there is no king, there is no congressman, there is no government that can usher into the heart of men and women what we really want because we're made for God and we're not with Him and He's not with us. You know, every year they, at this time of year, they, they have those videos they play where they show all the people that died, the famous people that died in 2013 in our case. And I think one of the things that's always startling in that is that here you have the people that have everything that all, the rest of us are thinking, if only we had that, well, then we would be totally happy and everything would be fantastic, right? These are the rich people. These are the famous people. These are the beautiful people. And what happens every, when they show that list and what happened to them, many of those people commit suicide every single year, which startles us because all, we realize, wait a second, if they have what I think That if I had, I would be happy, and yet they got it, and they're not happy. Well, then what does it mean for the thing that I'm hoping is going to provide happiness in my life? Maybe it's not found in that. Indeed, it's not. Why? Because we're made for God. And it doesn't matter how rich you are, how famous you are, how beautiful you are. When you're made for something other, something not found in this world, but but God, nothing in this world can satisfy it. How was that for a completely disjointed sentence? (laughs) It's the third service, folks. But doesn't the world around us prove exactly what the Bible says? Do our toys make us more happy? Does our technology make us more happy? We think we're smarter. We think we're better. But are we happier? No, because our problem is the same problem as ancient man. We are made for our Creator. Now, into the midst of that void and into the midst of that death, the human condition, one night, 2,000 years ago, somebody very special was born. And his name was Emmanuel. God with us. The reason the angels sang and the reason that Matthew highlights this 
is that when you understand the big picture and the big story of our alienation from God, the fact that Jesus is God with us shows that this is God coming our direction. This is God sending a rescue party. His name is Jesus. God still loves us. God loves you, friend. God wants a relationship with you. He wants the joy of that relationship with you. And he wants you to have maximum joy in him. And Jesus came into this world as God with us. And that Christ child became a Christ man. And that Christ man died on a Roman cross, dying for our sins. Remember, it was sin that brought alienation from God. Sin that we can't get rid of. And Jesus comes to die for our sins. And by dying for our sins, He removes the thing that's created the alienation. So that now it is possible for we, for us to be with God and God would be, to be with us again. The Bible says, by believing and trusting in, in this Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that when we do that, God forgives our sins. And God restores that relationship. And He gives us eternal life, which is His guarantee that God will be with us and we will be, will be with God forever. And that really kind of, that's the bottom line of Christmas right there. Now I want to skip ahead really quick. Because the Bible also talks about the future. And talks about the two destinies that everyone that lives faces. And it has everything to do with this God with us, us with God relationship. Here's the great news. The great news is that all those that put their faith in Jesus, God will be with us and we will be with him forever. In fact, listen to this. This is Revelation 21.3, speaking of the future. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. What does that sound like? I've heard that before. God with us, us with God. Isn't that the Garden of Eden? Wasn't that the way it was before sin came into the world? God was with his people. The people were with God. There was harmony. There was joy. There was fullness. There was peace. Indeed, what God has done through Jesus is he has restored what sin broke. And for all of eternity now in the future, for those that have trusted in Christ, it's kind of like Neo Garden of Eden all over again. And it will be that way forever for those that have their faith in Christ. <coughs> the Bible is also clear that without Jesus, there is no eternal life. And that's the other side of this, is that Jesus made it clear that he is the only way to the Father. He said that, John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And for those that refuse this offer of salvation from God, God basically says, okay, you don't want me, then I'll let you not have me forever. And the Bible describes the future for those that are not followers of Christ as being alienation from God forever, separation from God forever. Goes on to talk about it as punishment and despair. One is heaven, the other is hell. Two destinies that everybody is facing. One is with God, one is 
not with God. And that is what makes the coming of Jesus into this world, the thrilling part of the story that it is. And this Christmas, we're honored that you're here. We're so glad that all of you are here. But the real bottom line is that you walk out those doors knowing the truth according to God's Word. And by that truth, knowing God personally through His Son Jesus and for God to know you. This is what you were made for. And there ain't nothing outside these doors that's going to provide it for you. What your heart is looking for in the midst of the brokenness that this world is, is God. And you can know him by trusting in his son, Jesus. Two weeks ago, I was in my office and I had a man in there who'd gone through a very terrible, terrible experience in the loss of his uh, college age son. And the, the, the fruit of that meant that he was asking questions about life and death and faith. And we talked and, and he just came to realize that he did not have a relationship with God. He'd gone to church, he'd been religious, blah, blah, blah. But he had, it had never been a real deal for him. And I listened as this man and I mean, and this guy, he's a union worker, worked in Chicago for years and years. As this man bowed his knee, the knee of his heart at least, to God. And he prayed a prayer expressing faith in Jesus. And it wasn't the most eloquent prayer that you've ever heard in your life. And it, wasn't, it didn't have the big words and all the rest. But I'll tell you what, it was sincere. And when he opened his eyes from that prayer, you know what was suddenly true for him? God was with him, and he was with God. And that opportunity is available to all who will believe. And that includes you, my friend. And it's our privilege to just share the good news with you. So many here in our church, myself included, we've believed in Christ, and we... We, we have found this, this joint commitment. You know, is life perfect? All, no, it's not. But I know God through His Son, Jesus. What a difference that makes. And we would love for you to know your Creator through His Son, Jesus. And I would encourage you, like the man, to pray a prayer of faith and to believe. And God will grant you forgiveness and eternal life. So, my dear friend, will you believe? I'm going to ask you to pray with me. Would you pray? Heavenly Father, thank you that you sent Jesus into this world. Thank you that he is the Savior of the world. And I pray that this uh, Christmas Eve, what a beautiful and wonderful time it would be to receive Jesus for the very first time. God, I pray that you would have many here in this room who through the music, through the song, but really through the truth, would be drawn to Emmanuel. God, I pray that you would be with them and that they would be with you by faith in Jesus. So we thank you for Christ. We celebrate him and we give him praise in Jesus' name. Amen.